0: In the ups and downs of business, I have been able to trust myself and when there's been very low amounts in my bank account to when I'm riding high, I know that I'm going to get through it. And so I think that's been able to help me kind of navigate the crazy world of entrepreneurship because if you feel like you can't trust that you are in charge of your emotions, your circumstances, all of that stuff, then it's going to be a really rough road for you.
1: Welcome to another episode of Academics Mean Business. This is your host, Dr. Lindsay Padilla. Today, we have a guest lecturer, Jordan Gill. And this is quite the treat because Jordan is an amazing systems and operational person. She's also someone I've known for a long time. We've been in a peer-led mastermind together. So I've watched her business grow and change and evolve, which is always fun. And her latest conversation, the one that we had together, is all about seasonal businesses. Um, This is kind of a new... Not like angle or market per se, but a new way of talking about how she can help people um, with their systems on the back end. And when you hear the word seasonal business, you I don't know, I think of like Christmas or something like you sell a Christmas product. But Jordan defines that for us. And she basically talks about it being a business that has very clear peak and off peak, uh, you know, onboarding, client onboarding. So there's a big flux of sales. And then there's maybe now you have to deliver. And when she started talking about it in this way and creating systems specifically for that type of business to help you manage sales, not go crazy, not feel like you're on a roller coaster, I was like, oh my gosh, you need to come on academics mean business. Because I think a lot of you who work in the academic realm with your business know that your business is pretty seasonal. So I thought we had a great conversation and she gave some really good tips about maintaining your pipeline making sure you're able to t- train a team, which she calls the duplication of yourself. And she also talks about how to create great client experiences, which is what I know her for doing so well as um, a business owner. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. There's a lot of actionable things. And then of course, you know, follow her, reach out to her, let her know that you saw her or heard her, I should say, on Academics Mean Business because that would mean the world. All right. So without further ado, we have Jordan Gill talking about seasonal businesses and the systems that they require. All right, you guys, I have a treat for you. Today's guest lecture is a good friend of mine. Uh, man, I mean, I feel like I've been watching her in business for... I mean, since I've been playing this fun game. Um, I kind of remember <laughs> our first call actually to Jordan um, about curriculum design back in the day. Uh, oh, yeah. gosh, 2016 I think before I even left my my teaching gig so this is super fun to have you on my podcast about academics and businesses. <laughs> I never thought that would happen, but um but yeah, Jordan Gill is here with us today and she is oh gosh, she is all things systems workflows, processes. Um, spreadsheets, <laughs> ninja <laughs> hacks. I mean, all this stuff. And um, so we're gonna talk about some of her strategies around having a seasonal business, which some of you might be like, wait, what? And it's like the idea that there's a peak and an off-peak in your in your work, you know, getting clients and all of that. And so that's why I'm having her on because I'm like, yes, my academics totally who have an academic business, totally need help in this area. So you will really love this episode. And I'm excited to have Jordan. Welcome. Yay. Thank you so much for having
0: me. I know. I I remember our first call too. It was totally, I was just like, hey, we kind of do similar stuff. Let's Mm -hmm. chat. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) And I was like, oh, this is possible. Like people hire people to make their course content better. You were literally the first person I'd ever talked to who did that kind of work.
0: Yeah. Well, validation.
1: Boom, the end. And then she's like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going exactly. <laughs> uh, So it goes. Oh, uh, but yeah, so that's fun. So yes, we've been around each other for a long time. We're also in like a peer mastermind together. Just yep. a bunch of girls trying to figure out this business thing together. <laughs> um, so we know a lot about each other. Um, but I think it'll make for a very good conversation.
0: I agree. I agree. i
1: excited. Um, so here on academics mean business, even for the guest lecturers, I like to ask the kind of things um, you know that you like to study in your in your college career any sort of insight you want to give us into your own academic journey and your connection uh, to college, just because I think that is obviously how a lot of us academics connect um, is that the classroom experience and the college atmosphere so So what did little Jordan Gill study when she was in school? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh gosh! So I um, have two degrees. I got my of course, she does. Of course she Indeed. Does. Indeed, Uh Couldn't stop at one. Uh, I went to the University of Kansas and got my Bachelor's of Science in Journalism and Strategic Communications with a minor in Leadership and a concentration in Psychology. If you want to get like really deep into the weeds,
1: uh, and then <laughs> for this podcast uh, we do just so you right. know.
0: I figured, I figured, like, I don't normally say that. So I felt it felt kind of cool, actually. Um. So <laughs> then I got my master's in executive leadership at Liberty University, uh, which is mm. a small Christian school. I, that was actually online, which is, a, you know, a ah. very interesting um, perspective. It was a one year program. It was jam packed. Oh, nice. Um, oh, I bet. Which I liked. Um, because again, I'm get to it. Maybe I did it. But uh, maybe we won't get into it. But I love to batch. So so batching you know a two year program until one was was my jam, and so, yeah, that was my academic life. I w- had twelve internships um Jeez. through my college <laughs> career because I'm you know a little extreme, and um it's funny, I actually chose my uh University of Kansas as my um undergrad because of their alumni association. Mm.
1: <laughs> So strategic
0: (laughs) because I knew I wanted to get a job, obviously, and I wanted to make sure that I would be able to get internships. And so I would call or I did call a lot of different alumni associations asking them the percentage of students who were able to get internships while they were an undergrad from their alumni. And KU (laughs) had a very high percentage, uh, University of Texas, uh, Baylor, Mm -hmm. Cal Berkeley, um, and a couple Mm. other schools and KU ended up winning out in a lot of different areas. So that's where, where I ended up. And another fun fact or connection to college is that my dad was a, a football coach, um, in both the collegiate realm and the professional league as well. And so that was really fun being a coach's kid and, and traveling around and being a part of different universities all all over the U.S. and experiencing different campuses. And mm. uh, it was just, I I loved that part of just mm. the different traditions. The culture, the, yeah. The really culture, cool. like it's so, mm-hmm. it was so fun. So yeah, my dad just retired uh, in December 2018 of, of being a coach. So now he's roaming around and I don't know what he's doing right now. Figure really, out, you know, out post post yeah. coach life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So so yeah, that's a fun fact.
1: I love it. So I actually want to tap back into, if you don't mind, a little bit about totally. choosing to do the master's degree. Did you go straight into that?
0: Yeah. Like so right after? I took yeah. a year in between mm-hmm. and it was mainly I knew that I probably would want to get some sort of master's more because at the time I didn't like that for every job that I went out for they had a requirement of mm. having a master's and I was like listen here mm-hmm. like I'm awesome and the fact that you're cutting <laughs> me just because I don't have a master's is making me upset so yeah I I then decided and, and looked into a lot of online programs because mm-hmm. I um had a, a was planning to get a full-time job at the, at that point. And my, I was very fortunate that my parents were able to pay for my undergrad, but master's mm-hmm. was on my own. And I was like, listen, mm. uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I looked into, and my dad was at, I was coaching at Liberty at the time. And again, another blessing is that he is able, like his family is able to get college degrees for free Um, so I was like well clearly I'm not going to want to pay for this so I just decided then that that was going to be the the program that I went into and Mm. executive leadership is a very broad Mm. (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. master's program Mm -hmm. it's not the normal MBA and whatnot but Mm -hmm. it was really interesting because I it just was a very eclectic group of classes from organizational behavior to international law to uh, finance to all sorts of stuff um and so it was really it it kind of tapped into my my curious nature of just liking to know a lot of things about a lot of things,
1: so so it was cool, <laughs> yeah, for sure <laughs> yeah. love it cool so where where does starting a business come into play? that's definitely something we talk about on the show too um you know, you obviously weren't trying to be a professor or get into the academy or anything like that, yeah. but I do like to. I don't know, talk a little bit about those early stages of like, maybe leaving the traditional path because it, you know, it sounds like you were on a very traditional path, right? Doing the internships, doing all that stuff. So um, what was going on in your head around the time when the business kind of was born and what that looked like then?
0: Totally. So there's two different kinds of people. There are, you know, the bridge breakers or the bridge jumpers, <laughs> per se. I like to say jumping, breaking sounds excessive. Uh, and then there are the bridge builders when it mm. comes to transitioning in life. And I'm a bridge jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was um, working full time, it was in this online marketing industry for about two years. And uh, I just honestly got a tap on my heart that was just like, mm, it's time for you to leave. I had no really reason to leave. There was nothing, you know, I wasn't, I didn't hate my boss necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like it it, it was a really great gig and I just felt like I had to leave. So I took six weeks to Mm. basically decide, like this was, Kind of different than a lot of other people's stories, mm-hmm. where again, you're building the bridge, you're starting your business while you're full time. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of the better route and um, what I would suggest for people. Uh, but it, it worked out well for me in the sense of in those six weeks, I was able to create a $12,000 monthly business from job. That's junk.
1: awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: which is, again, a very strange beginning to building a business and not the norm per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just really big on if like, I'm going to bet on anybody, it's going to be myself. I know mm. that there are ups and downs in business that I am not going to be able to vo- avoid. Um, there's going to be planned change, so I'm going to plan to change my offering, and there's mm. unplanned change of, oh, you know, a family member's in the hospital and I need to go play nurse for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, I'm having to change things in my business based on life life circumstances. And so I think, you know, in the ups and downs of business, I have been able to trust myself. And when there's been very low amounts in my bank account mm-hmm. to when I'm riding high, having, you know, a $30,000 a month, mm-hmm. it, I know that I'm going to get through it. And I mm. know that, and so I think that's been able to help me Kind of navigate the the crazy world of entrepreneurship, because if you can't bet on yourself, if you feel like you can't trust that you are in charge of your emotions, your circumstances, all of that stuff, mm. then it's going to be a really rough road for you because Mm. you're just going to think everything's happening to you instead of everything's happening for you. And not to, I guess that all sounds super woo and I'm not even woo, but uh, (laughs) I think that that's where I kind of excelled in making that business transition. So I don't want to say easily because it wasn't like Mm. I was just skipping rocks. However, (laughs) you know, the hustle in that those first kind of or those that transition of six weeks between having a, a steady paycheck and going off into Never Neverland, <laughs> I I was able to again make that that twelve grand commitment that that rode me for a little while. So mm. it was um, it was an interesting time because I always knew I would be, have a business, but yeah. I didn't think it would be at that particular time per se. Ah, interesting. How many years ago is this? Uh, That was, like, right around when we met. Um, So, Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, May 1st, 2016 is my
1: business anniversary, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, um that's really helpful. And like what did you what was the first thing you did? Did what did you sell a service or some sort of implementation or yeah, what was your yeah, offer? Yeah, so it was yeah. it was
0: definitely a service-based business. I was on people's teams doing mm-hmm. um systems and or copywriting work randomly.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so some of the the content development kind of uh Transitioned me a little bit, and then otherwise I was doing like systems, customer support processes, membership processes, all sorts of processes, and so all the fun stuff. All the fun Uh, things. So um, that was really my first offering was a thirty five hundred dollar a month, retainer package, Mm -hmm. and so I wrote those for for quite a few months, and then you know I'm you probably have had people talk about launches on your podcast Mm -hmm. potentially and having three out of the four clients that I had at the time launch uh September of
1: 2016
0: (sighs) I was like no I was just like Mm -hmm. this is not gonna work out and so I quickly switched to and again I kind of burned, or I guess not burned but I uh jumped uh some bridges there and just you know let go of some clients and transitioned mm-hmm. to an intensive model which I've mm-hmm. had for a very long time and that was really just 4 hour conversations of me getting on the phone with people and knocking out one process yes I'm, you know I am a very efficient and speedy person I don't like a lot of downtime and so to work with people for months was just mm. draining, and that's mm-hmm. why it's important to know yourself because mm-hmm. you shouldn't be creating offerings that don't support who you are. And that's pretty much what I've been doing for uh, the longest, I guess, mm-hmm. for the other, gosh, I guess technically two years of my two business, years, which yeah. is kind of mm-hmm. insane. And then now I've I've um, transitioned and just launched in, in January, so a few months ago, a, a workflow template shop, mm-hmm. which is all about just creating quicker ways for people to implement the tech to save more time in their business. So what people generally do right now is go through YouTube, go through Pinterest, talk to customer support, you know, cry, all of the <laughs> things. Um, and so I wanted to make it really easy for people to implement these different systems in their business, whether it be automating their client onboarding or their scheduling software or their social media promotions, mm. whatever those were, I wanted to make it a lot easier for people to implement those. And so that's been my latest little, little bundle of joy that, um, that happened here in, in 2019.
1: Yeah, I think it's so needed too. And I love it. And it's like bite size. You can go in and yeah, snag yeah. what you want. We'll definitely be linking to that below uh, in the show notes for sure. Yeah. So I love this. Thank you for, I, you know, that's a common question too that I ask is just kind of like, what's your business model? Where are your income streams coming from? Yeah. And how has it changed over the years? And you brought up something mm-hmm. so important that I really try to drive home too. is part of the process is figuring out what you like to do, who you like to work with. And then the things that are draining and sometimes it takes a little time to figure that out. And so to not really just to see that that happens to pretty much everyone is um, I find it helps people take action quicker because it's like, okay, this doesn't have to be like the thing. But it's yep. like the thing I can do right now. <laughs> um, totally. And then we'll see what happens. Um, and I have a very similar story too, where I was doing a bunch of one-on-ones and now I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I wasn't teaching. <laughs> I would like to be teaching. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> like, what a weird thing. Um, so I've gone through that. And you obviously witnessed that on our calls when I'm probably yeah. crying or like, who knows what I was happening. But, um, you know, I thank you for sharing that because I think um, yeah. seeing how, you know, the thread that connects all the choices we make in our business is also really cool too, I find. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you've been on the back end of a lot of people's businesses. You've helped a lot of people with like different stuff. And I love kind of the topic today. And it's so tailored to this audience, this idea of seasonal businesses. Um, yes. And and so I think like a lot of people listening, the people who have a business running right now um, in this space, they're going to get a lot out of it. And for those of you who maybe might be considering starting a seasonal business um, or want to build a business at points in your you know academic career that you have more time, like the summer or over break, I think this might be um, a really powerful episode because... Jordan is all about, obviously, as you can tell from her academic history. <laughs> um, she's <laughs> all about doing things quickly, efficiently, um, so you can save time. And I, and almost every academic who has an academic uh, who is building something on the side or or has like an academic business in some way, is always asking me like how to juggle both. And I didn't do that for long enough. I'm very similar to Jordan. I burned it quickly. <laughs> I did it for yeah. one semester, basically. Um, but I think your strategies would have helped me a ton. So why don't we start with what a seasonal business is? How would you kind of define that?
0: Yeah. So seasonal business, there's kind of a couple of different ways to look at it. You can think of it as, you know, traditional. Most people think of it as like tax folks or wedding planners where or there's like Christmas trees. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Christmas, it's Christmas trees, like right. Yeah. Exactly. Very much. There is a time (laughs) period, whether it be, yeah, a month to four months to six months. That is the go, go, go um, on peak or peak season. And then there's the off peak season where there aren't little to no sales and again cash flow is mm. minimum so, mm. minimal so mm-hmm. you're having to again kind of be conscious of that during the peak season and and be able to carry that through the rest of the year and f- specifically for teachers obviously that's who i'm speaking to mm-hmm. um is there the semesters so yep. while you know off peak could be the summer again the breaks that you mentioned but really, it's more along the lines of it is semi a full year in in collegiate sense, mm-hmm. um, where there's, you know, the January and the August, or there's trimester schools as well. Mm-hmm. So that kind of shifts it. So really just looking at when your busiest times are and when you mm-hmm. have um, not a whole lot going on.
1: Awesome. And then you set up systems for those two kind of ways yeah. of being in business, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So... With that, during peak season, you aren't focused on, you know, sales of your business, Mm -hmm. really, because you're focusing on the delivery, per se. And sales can be, um, again, for wedding planners is a good example. May through October is their busy season. They aren't really taking a whole lot of calls with brides setting up for the next year. They're taking calls for brides once October hits. And again, there's a big rush of engagements during the holiday season. And then again, they're gearing up then for the next May. Uh, Mm -hmm. Again, tax people. uh, They have really January, kind of February to April is their busiest season with also a little bit of a busy season in October because of the, the, what is it called? Delay? defer, uh, whatever it is. Me, yeah. Like um, deferments people, maybe. Yeah. 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 So those are really when they're busy. So they're not really taking on new clients during mm. those times. They're setting up their, their sales and stuff during the off peak season per se. So got it. that is, you know, the systems that you have in place to maintain your pipeline is probably the biggest, I guess, or main system that needs to be put in place when you are doing a seasonal business. Because while peak season is happening and it's busy and you're doing stuff, you do also need to have at least a wait list going on. Yeah, you can't nurture. just like close it. You can't not exactly. show up. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So really... That's that's a main one that I that I look into, and then the second one is the duplication of your self process. Mm. So again, if you are a tax person and you hire other tax folks underneath you, how are you training them? How are you finding oh. them? How are you making sure that they are measuring up to the same level of success expectations yes. that you have? All of these things. Um, those are two main, I guess systems that I tend to touch and, and mess around with. Because, again, turning off your sales pipeline is like the death of your business. Mm. Um, And so that's really, really key to making sure that, again, for the next season, you have, th- you know, people lined up. And yep. and it's funny, and we mentioned this, we can go into this now or or, or later, but a lot of folks that I've spoken to recently have become kind of accidental business owners. They, mm. you know, um I have a gal who's an LSAT um prep gal mm. and she helped a couple friends one year and then literally the next year she had uh 52 students and then the next wow. year she had she's this next coming year she's going to have 124. Mm-hmm. And so there's this like double well, the first I guess year was more than double, but this doubling then that happens mm. um and then I've also had a wedding planner that did like six weddings, twelve weddings, and now she's about to do fifty, Ooh. so like there's it, and if again, it's just by accident, usually mm. it's you know you help a couple friends and maybe that's the the space that you're in right now. You're helping a couple friends with their academics or maybe teaching them how to to knit or mm-hmm. how to garden or whatever, and then you kind of get into this pattern of okay, well. Now they're telling more people about their experience with me helping them with, you know, their tomato plants or whatever. And now more people want tomatoes. And now here <laughs> we are. And you're like, okay, like, I just built this business kind of off the whim. And yeah. now I'm trying to have that growth on purpose. And so that's really where I kind of come in is, okay, mm-hmm. you've, you've been able to do really well. And let's make sure that that excellence,
1: that level of excellence is being maintained. Yes. Yeah, that's so good. I think a lot of people would resonate with the accidental. I literally use that in conversations when I talk to people. They're like, what do you do? And I was like, well, I accidentally started a business. And it's funny because <laughs> when I look back, I didn't really accidentally start a business, right. but it right. feels like it. And, and and I think it speaks to kind of what... um I don't know, this idea, like you even mentioned, I had a job that I kind of enjoyed. I was getting, I was taken mm-hmm. care of, but I knew it was time to leave. That's why it feels like an accident to me. I didn't go into academia. Totally. Like I went into that very on purpose. Um, yeah. And so I think a lot of people that are listening would be like, oh yeah, I like accidentally started to make money on this side. And then what <laughs> becomes on purpose is, oh yeah, this is like actually how I want to help people. And this is the yeah. impact I can have. So um, I think a lot of us would, would totally be like, yes, that is me. So, okay. So that also helps me like recognize, like I've, I think I spent my first two years in business being like, what is a CEO? Like, what yeah. does that even mean? Like, and, <laughs> and really like stepping into that role. I'm, I'm totally using air quotes right now because I literally had no idea what I'm doing. None of us do really. I know I've well, said that yeah. before, but yeah to have someone like Jordan you know got your back in the like all the things that you're not really thinking about but that can make that hold so much weight that's what when i think about client delivery and the one-on-one services um and mm-hmm. then not only that but then like you're bringing in the money and the income it's like a really it's intense it can be a oh, level yeah. of stress that i never experienced you know um even like job hunting and writing my dissertation it's it's just different and um so this idea of thinking out your processes and knowing where your money is coming from and that you're safe is such a huge part yeah. in you being able to show up as a CEO. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think you know both of you and I are very much
0: client slash student experience. Yep. Yeah. Where you and again, if if all of y'all are like Lindsay, then this is this is you. <laughs> where. Like it is so important how you nurture and love on your community, tribe, mm. whoever, because not only does that get you more referrals and more money and yada yada, that's all great. But also the the impact you can make when yes. that's the one of your top priorities is yes. so much more insane. It's yeah. so much more insane. Yeah. And so I think that again we do our best when, again, you kind of start in this accidental mindset of just like, mm-hmm. I'm
1: just trying to help people and do yeah. all this stuff. And I have I this thing imagine. that I know how I can help them. Because like, exactly. that's, we are experts. Like, that's not, you know, that's totally. very
0: real. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so really, where kind of the systems and, and such come in is, okay, well, is there a way that you want your customers to feel or mm. students to feel throughout their entire time with you? And then how are you going to get sleep while mm-hmm. that still happens <laughs> uh, is the next is the next part, because, again, we want we want our, and again, similar to to me and Lindsay, we want our experience to be incredible. We want to have a mm. level of excellence with it. And we want mm. people to feel love because we care, mm. uh, which is a great thing. And you can care and still have your sanity. Boundaries. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. Hello, we, boundaries. Know that. Yes. we know
1: that as teachers. And that's funny. Yes. Like It's been hard for me to put boundaries in, <laughs> in other spaces like client space. But in the classroom... Totally. We really clearly had to draw these boundaries, like your students are not your friends, and like mm-hmm. like this is due, and like whatever, so it's very similar, and it's loving, it's oh, a yeah. loving thing to tell them that this is what the limits are,
0: yeah, a hundred percent, and I think also, you know, when you think of experience and warmth and stuff like that, you don't think of mechanical systems. you're like, I don't want people to feel like. You know they're on a call with AT and T, and they're wanting to like pull their hair out because we're spinning Mm -hmm. in circles, dialing zero, thinking that's going to (laughs) get me to talk to somebody. I'm not. I'm totally not saying this from experience, but
1: um, (laughs) (laughs) let's not throw a whole company under
0: the button. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You can bleep them out, AT (laughs) and T. But anyway, so I, you know, as such a systems person and an automation fiend, Mm. I have yet to have. A single person say that
1: my experience didn't feel warm. Ooh, yes.
0: I, I zero. I have literally zero. Where does
1: that myth come from that automation <sighs> feels cold or like I'm just a number? Where does where do you think that comes from in this space? I think it comes from a lot of people's corporate experience, ah, or even uh-huh. in, in
0: your experience, institutional experience, uh-huh. where it's like, Everyone needs to have the exact same rules and the exact same, yes, exactly. (laughs) And there's no wiggle room and you have to do it this way. And so then obviously with entrepreneurs, we're like, freedom, I want to do whatever I want, whenever I want. And that feels good. And I'm not knocking it. I I love freedom. And the reason that I can experience freedom to the point of, of, that I have where I can travel or decide to go grocery shopping at 1.30 in the afternoon it's because i have systems it's because mm. I, the, the systems create the support and structure for me to be able to go and and frolic and and be free so mm. i think there needs to kind of be a little bit of a shift because yeah. i'm not saying be robotic because mm-hmm. again i send gifts in my emails yep. and i yep. and, videos, know, like and videos like personal videos yeah. exactly mm-hmm. so it's it's not about totally becoming a cold person or a robotic person in your business like there are ways to warm up those those systems and automation that can actually bring a really great experience to your clients because here's one area that most it's funny most clients give me uh pushback on is mm. setting up a scheduling software <laughs> because they're like no, people want, you know, Susie to to send them an email and they want to talk uh, to somebody. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants to go back and forth with Susie. Nope. <laughs> no matter okay. how nice she is. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how sweet and lovely yeah. Susie is. Nobody wants to spend their time nope. emailing back and forth saying, nope. Tuesday at 5 works for me. Well, what about next Wednesday at, at Seven thirty. Oh my my oh, stomach hurts even like. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes, my gosh! My it drives me insane. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so it's like there's, you know, because you're sending a link, you feel like it's cold and, and and impersonal. However, you can frame it if if you feel like your your tribe will have a little bit of resistance. You can frame it as listen. Anytime you pick on this schedule is going to work for me. So whatever Mm. works for you is awesome. Mm. Um, So, again, it's just it's making it easier for people to have a great experience with you. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. what it comes down to. So and especially, again, with seasonal businesses, when there's peak season, you need to have a system for your sales pipeline in like locked and loaded whether it's you're not taking any calls and they're just put on a wait list and they're being nurtured or mm. you are able to take calls maybe once or twice during the month or, or whatnot and, and have those sorts of conversations to then start booking for the next season. But wh- whatever it is, sales pipeline management is the, the number one area that I, that I see a lot of folks missing out on um, in their seasonal businesses.
1: That makes sense. So, what are some of your top tips around this like sales pipeline? Like some of the things that they could probably put in place right now, even, or maybe even do a little bit of research on?
0: Yeah. So, one thing is say that for, let's see, my LSAT tutor, she has, again, I think there's like four bar exams that are being. Uh, distributed every year across like 37 mm-hmm. states wow. and those are oh, standardized ones. So oh, she's
1: even <clears throat> paying attention by state. That makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but there's like, whatever,
0: 13 states that mm-hmm. they have their own bar exam situation. So there's mm-hmm. 37 states that she can even like administer to students and, and go through that process with. Um, and so with across those four, she has basically a two week sales time where she okay. opens up the doors and what she does is all of her previous students end up being her marketing team. Yes. Very easily. And so and she also knows the stats of listen, LSAT students or people taking the LSAT fail two to three times yep. on average. Yep. So she knows that. And so in her marketing and all that stuff, she um ties that in, but then also she shuts down her sales pipeline so she doesn't take calls unless they're in that two-week period for the next bar exam. And so she then has this wait list that kind of goes over mindset stuff about, Mm. okay, listen, if you've failed this before and you feel like I'm your last resort, you're in good hands. Here are some things to help you prepare for when we have our call to see if we're a good fit for you, showing case studies of their past students Mm -hmm. and their experiences. And and so – Again, waitlist is is one way you can do it. And I think she does a really excellent job of it where, Mm -hmm. again, you basically are just nurturing and loving on people. And hers is, again, automated. So she just has a sequence that that rolls through and they feel really excited and warm. And she has an an insanely high conversion rate for her sales calls. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely one tip you can look at. And so again, those emails can be case studies of previous people that you've worked with, um, any sort of, I guess, overcoming objections. So Mm -hmm. if you know, you know, that you're going to have a hard time with the time that people are going to have to engage with you for X service that you do, start talking about, okay, give them an exercise that's like, okay, you know, working with us is I don't know, 10 hours a, a week or something, if it's really intense, you know, how can you be able to manage that? You know, maybe you start using Instacart to deliver your groceries, or maybe you, yes. you know, get a babysitter for <laughs> Check whatever my right? link
1: below. I know. No, I'm just yeah, I exactly. Lindsay so and Instacart. Uh, uh, <laughs> a love affair that I didn't know I would get to have. I'm so excited
0: about it. I can write a love letter. So yeah, Exactly. So it's like all these in it. And it also shows how thoughtful you are. Mm. Because mm-hmm. I think again, people are like, Yeah, just make the money, sell your couch and give me money. But if you're yeah. thinking about which I've actually had on somebody say to me on a sales call and I was like, Okay, you're done Wait, the most. sell
1: your couch to Yes. You? <laughs> it was
0: weird. Was Anywho, it your cute no, leather sorry, one? I love
1: your cute leather one because that I makes know. sense. Yes, I would it was that. I was
0: like, <laughs> I need you to not look at my couch right now and tell me to sell it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do not do that, folks. I
1: may drop the the really cute photo she took in it below, yeah. actually.
0: <laughs> that could work. That so work. you can see what and we're doing. I approve. And <laughs> so, but really, like overcoming some of those objections in a really thoughtful way and mm-hmm. out of the box way, because resourcefulness is one of my favorite words mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you need to, you know, spend a ton of money at my, I mean, my tech expenses are getting a little more high because of the type of business I'm running. But Mm -hmm. for the longest time I was spending like a hundred bucks a month on tech for my business. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like we're, we're not doing, you know, craziness over here Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I'm a systems person who loves Mm -hmm. tools. So Mm -hmm. if I'm able to run my business for two and a half years on a hundred dollars a month of tech, you're okay. Like I know tons of people who run their business entirely on acuity scheduling, which is a booking software. If you're like a consultant, that sort of, of area. So I think that, um, so again, looking at how you can nurture your wait list during your yep. peak season, um, how you can also look into batching your days. Uh, yes. So that's another favorite tip of mine where again, you decide, okay, I'm looking at my calendar and maybe you teach Monday, Wednesday, Friday and you have Tuesdays and Thursdays off during peak season or when you're yep. like teaching and stuff like that. And so then maybe if you're doing a summer camp, and that's your seasonal business of June and July, then on Tuesdays and Thursdays during your peak season, that's when you decide Tuesdays are sales calls and Mm. Thursdays are when you film your YouTube videos for your YouTube channel or whatever you want to do because that's where you get sales. So looking at your actual schedule as um, actually a really great Tool instead of just something that's telling you what to do, mm, yeah. uh, you can use that to your advantage. And the more you do the same type of work over and over and over and over and over again, like sales calls, like batching video content, then actually the the process will go a lot faster. yep Yeah. Um, because you're not having to go from okay, I just you know wrote a blog post and now I got to get on a client call and now I got to get on a sales call and now I got to go over here and do laundry and do all these other things. It's, it's just videos all day or Mm. sales calls all day. So Mm -hmm. those are kind of a few tips, um, around when you're kind of having to balance the peak and off peak that will, will help you with streamlining your sanity, um, and, and making sure that you're, you're going
1: to be available for the next season. So good. I, (laughs) I, Jordan is a pro at batching. This she has two podcasts, by the way. Yeah, I do. Um, I do. One of them is called System Saved Me, and the other one is the Pimp Your Podcast podcast. Yep. Is that what it's called? Yep. Yeah. And she, <laughs> we've talked about this because I batch A and B recordings, yep. um, and I I can only do three. And like I, I definitely <laughs> have a different type of show, I guess, and that's that's part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, so my shows are like an hour, an hour 15 can be so, so it does make it a little bit harder, but (laughs) I remember Jordan's like, Oh, I'm batching this week. Tell them how many episodes of your system save me (laughs) podcast you were able to like get in like a day. And like, I even think a week was crazy too. One
0: time. Totally. So I have, and again, this is just built into my calendar every April and every October I have a batch week. Where for three days I just sit and record five months of content. It's crazy. So that means between six to eight episodes every day, mm-hmm. um, back to back. Um, again, my These episodes are, interviews, are shorter. By the way, yeah, they're not they're just like
1: her. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yep. So it is a lot of coordination, mm-hmm. and you know, I the the episodes end up being about twenty five minutes. They're tight. I, they're <laughs> none of this hour tight. bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh-uh. Like come in, come out. Uh, I don't need to hear
1: your life story. <laughs> e-
0: exactly. This is not about your life. So mine very um, much is. I want to hear all the things. All the things. But- yeah. <laughs> Which is great to have podcasts like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so yeah, I think and and that works really well for me because mm-hmm. again, now like on my mind, I don't have to think about every single week, okay, shoot, like where where are somebody. we on the podcast? Yeah. Do yep. I need to go and find somebody to interview? all that stuff. And, and again, it's almost like the podcast side of my business is kind of a little peak off peak. uh, Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Within my business, where Mm -hmm. again, I just know April, October is go ham time. And throughout the year, I'm meeting people, I'm chatting with people, I'm reaching out to people, I'm getting pitched to, and I basically just collect everybody and say, Hey, listen, six weeks prior to the week, you will get a link to sign up for your time. Um, This next batch week is are these dates so just stay tuned and yeah. uh we'll we'll send you a link to to schedule the time when it's when it's ready so that's definitely a major it's my podcast is so systematized like sometimes i'm just i i look at it like i not even that i forget that it has happened right. yeah but it's so off my radar that yep. like it You know, it's just going. And while Batch Weeks actually have become some of my favorite weeks, because I just get to talk to a bunch of dope people yeah, for totally. three days straight and learn a lot of stuff and whatnot. I actually just filmed my most recent Batch Week, like, almost Big Brother style, where people could literally tune oh, yeah. in and watch me yeah. uh, Batch for those three days, because people were like, are you really doing this? I was like, yeah. clearly <laughs> I am doing this. Uh, so it was really weird almost because i'm
1: definitely Wait, are not those videos somebody... still up are they on your facebook page
0: they are they well they're in a facebook group right now but i'm oh, okay. um, synthesizing them to create just like a cool little um and i actually have a batch checklist too um if oh, people nice. are wanting to like check that out for their podcast it's just com slash batch but um Boom. and so that that will also include videos i don't i haven't put those in there yet ah. but um just showing like how I set up my desk and how I make sure that I have meals in my fridge for quick lunches and dinners and breakfasts, and how I clean my house and and all these things so that when I'm in the mode, I am in Mm. the mode. Mm -hmm.
1: And that's key, right? Yeah. It's so funny. I I feel the same way about this podcast. Like I don't do it in the same like batching, but I do batch days and we have two batch days a month and that's my thing. Mm -hmm. And when I give someone a link, they can batch think up to six months in advance. Um, but that just works for me but it totally. might change this year like my my calendar is shifting now that I'm not yeah. doing a lot of one-on-one work so totally. um maybe I could but what what was happening back when I was doing one-on-one work I was like oh I'll do a batch week like jordan and I'll do like <laughs> tuesday wednesday thursday but then what happened was all my calls got all messed up and it was like then um. people couldn't get like it basically messed like I don't know. Like and then who knows? That also could be super made up in my head about like, <laughs> oh, then I'm not available for client calls that week and it messes up. So we stagger it. Um huh. but yeah. it's something that runs totally without me. Like Derek, you know, my husband put his brain on the podcast. He optimized it the way he wanted it to be, how it would sound what tools we would use. So I just show up to these calls. That's like all I do. And it's like, it feels exactly like that. I'm having coffee with someone and I get to learn about like how they made the crazy decision I made. (laughs) And like, and it (laughs) feels great. Um, But then I don't think about anything else on the other side. And yeah when I first started my podcast, it was like a big um, thing that I didn't realize that it was just like how many moving parts there were. But I'm glad I just did it anyways. And like, I remember the first like maybe 10 episodes, I don't even think we even made any social media graphics or even promoted it. So what we did, like two months later is we did a like catch up party podcast party. And we just like (laughs) featured one episode a day. So there's ways to just like make it work. No one cares as much as you think they do. Um, But the more things you can have set up ahead, um, the less weight it is. So all the like, you know, the onboarding of the podcast uh, emails that people get and like the reminders, like those are things you want in place because you want people to show up at the right time. They need to sound good. Um, You know, those kind of things. So Jordan has um, some great content around podcasts, like checklists and stuff like that. So um, if you have one or are interested in starting one, um, yeah, I know she has an agency around it too. pimp your podcast. Yes, indeed.
0: Yep, podcast agency. Just because you know, can't can't be doing enough ever in life. So why not start a second business?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But like you're good at it, right? Like I mean, that's the thing. It's like, hey, I did this really well. Why can't I just
0: help other people? And it's such a block for people. Yeah, for sure, it is. It it totally is is a block, and it's it's been fun to see the results too. Because I don't know if you ever have this, but sometimes I'm just like. Like I, I say this is going to happen to this person. Like you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to double your your downloads in two months, and mm. you know, all these things are going to be happening. And I say them, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess you know, I say it, but I guess we'll see how it actually goes. And then <laughs> two sure. months later, it's like, oh my gosh, we've doubled our downloads and blah blah blah. Like I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. And I'm nice. like, huh, yeah. like that's good that that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Right? I love it. I don't know if you have that sometimes. Sometimes sure. I'm just like again, I'm confident in the moment I'm saying it, and then you kind of go into this weird doubt, and then all of a sudden mm. it happens and you're like, oh
1: yeah. I don't know. You're why, like, I'm just... safe, everything's fine. Like right. Yeah. Yeah. People life are getting good. results. <laughs> yeah. Life is good. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Very cool. So. So it's um, awesome. So any other maybe like closing tips or things you wanna um kind of mention? I know you talked about duplication. Obviously, team hiring is a big deal, and oh, about yeah. like the client experience, but like maybe one last cool little ninja hack or tidbit for seasonal businesses? Yeah, totally.
0: I think um one hack or not necessarily hack, but just I guess point of of advice is that, you know, once you kind of get into this online marketing world and and nothing is wrong with the type of business I'm I'm saying right now, but you get into this um, zone of, oh, like the only way that I can be successful is by starting a course business. And I've heard this from other seasonal business owners where it's like, oh, like I just oh, keep getting told. that's what counters the up and down. Interesting. Exactly. Mm-hmm, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what counters the consistency thing. Okay. And so if you're the kind of person that that doesn't resonate with, sit in that. Mm. um and don't feel pressured to to conform in that way because again there's there's nothing wrong with having a seasonal business however there is something wrong with if you can't manage your cash flow in a seasonal business I actually Ah. just spoke I just spoke to a woman the other day Lindsay this crazy so she has a seasonal business where she does a children's consignment event Hmm. in some town outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, she has it twice a year, two days in February, two days in August, makes five hundred thousand dollars in the revenue year from that. That's bananas. for the year. And she mm-hmm. has four hundred volunteers helping her, and she has a director running it for her. And she literally technically only has four days to be able to make money. Mm. So she has 361 days where <laughs> no money is coming in. Yeah. Right, so again, that's just one example, one piece of evidence where it's it's not about making money every single day. Mm. It's about managing that cash flow and that sales pipeline to be able to sustain you for those in between Mm -hmm. days. So I just wanted to share that little piece of advice because I I sometimes get caught up. It's so
1: funny because we get yeah the getting caught up in the. Whatever, like, oh, you have to do this or you have to do that. Totally. And that's all marketing stuff that, that comes at us. Yeah, and that's yeah. all, you know, I also always often say, too, like, it all works. Like, yeah, totally. a course totally works. Like, it's a great uh, thing. But does it work for you? Does it work for how you want to show up every day? Um, how you want to make money? Does it work for your audience? I think some people try things and like they don't want a course and like they're like trying to make something a course that like there's no students right. that want it to be presented right. in that way. Um, you know what's funny when you're talking about the like two days a year? I just thought it popped up in my head was those like halloween superstores that like i'm like what is happening <laughs> like do you know what i mean they just like pop up in these they like do. old mervins like building abandoned yes. buildings and you're just like yes. wait where'd that come from oh yeah like they probably make so much money in yep. a given year just in like a month yep but there's a lot exactly. of shit on the back end of that they're sourcing it they're figuring out whatever mm-hmm. they're probably having to find the places they're renting i mean it's crazy i'm sure from uh yep operational perspective, but like the day that they show up, it's like, Oh, yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that's when they're making money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so that's my little last piece of advice. It's a good one. I love it. Um, well, this has been really fun, as I knew it would be and super informative. I think I think you're going to get a lot of messages from this one, Jordan. Um, so where can people find you? Because I think you might have uh, some people coming at you wanting some of your your knowledge. Yeah, Some of my noggin. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Uh, So the place if you just
0: like want to chat with me is on Instagram. Yes. And you can find me. Jordan does um, a great just, Instagram stories, by the way, guys. So you can also you. learn about her there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and that's just at System Saved Me. Um, my website. So if you want to check out the different um, workflows, if you're getting, you know, hung up on tech stuff in your business, you can go check that out. Just at SystemSavedMe.com. There's um a podcast management um, um course for those of you or training um that shares with you how to use like Airtable and zoom mm-hmm. and a couple other acuity a couple other pieces of tools to to literally manage your podcast in the simplest way possible uh and then, again, if you are interested in just a batching checklist and how to batch content um, intensely, not as intense as me, but just <laughs> you can do it in your own way, uh, that is is slash batch. And I think that's really it. Um, if you do have a seasonal business and want to look into more information about how I help seasonal businesses, mm. you can go to systemsamycom slash seasonal. So lots okay. of links. Lots of systems words being thrown everywhere. <laughs> uh, so, um, but really, you can just find me essentially anywhere at System Save Me.
1: Love it. Yay. Yay! Thanks so much for stopping by. This was really fun. Yes, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. We will see you around the interwebs. You getting everyone's back ends tightened up <laughs> oh, and yeah. helping us make Real more tight. money, right? Like, and, and feel good in our businesses. And I think that's key. Absolutely. Thanks, Jordan.